cat in here? Raise your hand. That is my cat, straight up. Like, it's always, like, meowing for me to turn on the sink. All right? It's always, like, slapping me, like, randomly. It meows at, like, 7 in the morning. And I literally think to myself, this cat could probably live outside. Like, I'm on the verge, y'all. I'm on the verge of, like, getting rid of this cat. All right? But it's crazy because I love this cat. All right? But I know this sheds a little bit of light and kind of humor on mayhem. But can we all agree that in life we have had chaos and we've had moments that have felt like mayhem. Amen? Amen. Alright, so this clips, these clips got me thinking, alright, about how we respond when chaos and mayhem does happen. Does happen, excuse me. Right in this moment, y'all, we are experiencing mayhem, alright, with this whole corona thing. Okay? Like it's been chaotic. There's been like, because we don't know what's been going on, and then other situations in life that have happened, we just kind of have a fear because we don't know what's going to happen next, right? Most of our fear comes from the unknown. In my life experience, I've dealt with this because, like, hey, I don't know what's going to happen. Listen, y'all, y'all know I'm smooth, all right? Listen, I'm married for a reason because I'm a smooth talker, all right? But I remember in high school, I was like, listen, I kind of like this chick, all right? I'm going to go ask her to the spring dance or something. You know, I walk over there kind of, you know, with all the swag I had in my pocket, you know what I'm saying? I'm just kind of like limping a little bit. I'm like, listen, when you just start limping for no reason, people can't say no to begin with, all right? So I walk over there limping, go to the locker. She's trying to get her books, and I'm just like, yo, what up? I'm telling you, I'm smooth, all right? Don't take notes, all right? Because, listen, it didn't happen. But the reason I was so nervous about asking this chick to the dance is because I did not know the answer, okay? So because I did not know the answer, fear came. I got a little, my palms were sweaty, you know what I'm saying? I kind of had to like double check and make sure I didn't need any more deodorant before I walked into math class because your boy was sweating bullets, all right? But that's just what happens sometimes when we don't know what's next, fear comes. Would you agree? But tonight, all right, we're going to preach the Bible. That's good news, amen? amen? All right, and if you've got your Bibles, we're hitting up Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to spend the majority of our time in Matthew 14, and we're going to break down Matthew 14. And I believe that tonight there is a word from God that he wants to speak directly to your heart. And I'm pumped about this not only because I'm actually preaching to people and speaking to people and teaching people, but because I am pumped up about what God has for you. But let's pray again. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the cross. We thank you for dying our death. We did not deserve it. We can never earn it. But yet you came. You sacrificed your life so that we could have life through you. And Lord, tonight, as we read your word, Father, I pray that there are hearts that are touched by this message. Lord, there may be some people in this room right now who are experiencing chaos who are experiencing mayhem in their life. But Lord, we thank you that you are our God, that you provide hope and you provide peace and you provide joy and love. And tonight, Father, we thank you that we could get to access all of those because of the cross. And all of his wonderful people said, Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 is where we're going to start. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is Matthew 14 because, listen, this short passage that we're about to read is packed with some truth sent straight from heaven. Amen? And this is what it says. Immediately, this is Jesus, 
he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds, and after he, has, after he had dismissed the crowds, he, who is Jesus, went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. But we'll stop there for a second. How many of y'all in your life have felt like you've been beaten up by the waves? Like, listen, this could be like you go to St. George Island and like the, the tide is kind of rough and like you literally like you can't stand up in the waves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember the first time I ever went. Listen, I'm an Arkansas and Oklahoma boy at heart. Listen, we ain't got no beaches there. We got dirty lake water. All right. You can't even see your foot standing in, you know, ankle high water. That's how gross those lakes are. So I never experienced no waves. And I remember the first time hitting up the beach. I'm like, yo, like. These waves ain't that big. I experienced, I was thinking like we can surf down here, but no, like my expectation was like completely off, but I remember like getting in and even though it was like to my waist, the waves still kind of would buckle me a little bit. I wasn't used to it. I wasn't expecting it. And that's how life can be sometimes. The wind and the waves of life hit you and listen, you want to feel like you beaten up by that sucker. All right, you get in a crazy tide. We, listen, we live in Florida now. Like people get sucked out of there. They're like, bye bye, because you got too deep and the waves were too crazy and the tide was nuts. So hey, guess what? Sucked out. And there's a lot of times in our life, young people, where you're gonna feel like you're beaten up by the waves. I ain't gonna sugarcoat it. Y'all know me. I don't sugarcoat anything. I speak truth. I'm gonna tell you how life can be. And life at times, guess what? Is awful. It's bad. It sucks. But it's not all bad. Because there's great things that happen to those who follow Jesus. Amen? Amen? First off, it's eternity in heaven. That's our greatest reward. But if that was all God and Jesus would offer us, that would be enough. But being a follower of Christ and being a Christian, yet he continues to love us and bless us and see us and just give us things. He gives us hope. He gives us peace, joy, and happiness. But how many times in life... Do we feel beaten up by the waves? The first sermon, listen, if y'all are the, uh, the OGs, it was in August. That's when we were in the auditorium. This Arkansas boy flew down, came in here to preach. My first sermon before I was ever at this church when I was trying out was about how storms and life come. Who, were, who was there? A couple of y'all were there. About how storms in life come. So that's my first point. We're going to tap back into that is that storms in life come. Even in God's will, even when you are doing what God tells you to do. Listen, when I preach that message, Jesus is on the boat asleep. All right, this is a different story. The wind, the waves started coming, they think, hey, we're about to lose our life. But in this story, we see, hey, Jesus is saying, get in the boat, I'm going up to the mountain to pray by myself. I need a second. And we see that in God's will, the wind and the waves take them away. A fearful thing. All right? But we know in life, like I preached last August, that Jesus doesn't leave the boat of our life. Young person, Jesus is not going to leave you. He ain't going to say, hey, get in this boat. A storm's going to come. You're going to feel like you're going to die. I'm jumping ship and I'm getting out of here. That's not what Jesus does. Jesus says, hey, I'm going to see you through. I ain't leaving the boat. 
Even when it feels like I may have left, I never left. And I'm never going to forsake you. I'm never going to give up on you. And that's how good Jesus is. Amen. Listen, that's an awesome thing. And then listen, we're going to get going here. Let's continue reading. Matthew 25 through 27 says this. And in the fourth watch of the night, he who is Jesus came to them, walking on the sea, and they were terrified, and they said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. You can uh, get off that screen. Take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. So we see because of what scripture just said, they end a boat, the storm's coming, and Jesus is like, man, the boat's far away. Like, how am I going to get there? Hey, I'm going to walk on water. All right. Let me do the most gangster thing I can think of. I'm going to walk on water. All right. And so we see Jesus. I could, Jesus was doing that Michael Duran sit to the, uh, to the locker room to ask a girl to prom. He was, I, he was limping. All right. He was walking smooth. I believe it. All right. But we see Jesus is like, hey, I'm going to walk on water. And because they don't see Jesus yet, they see him at a distance. They're like, man, that's a ghost. Fear overtook their lives, but we see Jesus said to them, take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Jesus is with us. And young person, we need to take heart in our lives because there is truth right here that Jesus is with you. In the storm, in the chaos, when the wind feels like it's beating you up, when you feel like you can't get out, Jesus is with you. Amen? Listen, I get it. All right? When it comes to fear, like, I, I get it. Like, like I said before, like, I am afraid of frogs. If you come at me with a frog, like, there's something's going to happen. All right? I'm going to need y'all to sign a waiver, all right, because you actually may get punched. All right? I'm just joking. I'm joking. Maybe. I don't know. I'm joking. Yeah, I'm joking. All right? But I'm afraid of frogs. Y'all, like, I don't like them. They're gross. Like, I don't like the way they look. I don't like the way they, like, feel. I don't like their, like, they're just, ugh. Like, when that, like, throat starts bulging out. Like, I don't like the sounds they make. The only good thing they do is eat mosquitoes. All right? Like, but, but then most of the time, like, there ain't no frogs where I live because I'm getting eaten up by mosquitoes. All right? So the frogs ain't doing their job. So now I don't like them even more because they're lazy frogs. <laughs> But I do not like frogs, okay? I don't. But on a bigger scale, I understand that it's easy to get caught up in fear. Maybe you've been presented with bad news. Maybe you've had loss. Maybe you don't know what's ahead of you because of uncertain time or things. And so fear floods. And I get it. It's easy to be fearful. Like, what's hard, y'all? is to not be fearful. Would you agree? Like, it's easy to be afraid. It's hard to keep peace. It's hard to keep joy. It's hard to keep happiness, and that's for a reason. Because joy is our strength, first off. Joy of the Lord is your strength. All right? So the enemy is going to try to attack you with fear, and anything the enemy tries to present himself to you is going to be easy because it's in arm's reach, and he ain't got to work for it. But when it comes to possessing peace and joy and happiness and love you got to work for that stuff 
you got to wake up every day of your life with the thought process of, hey, I'm going to love my neighbor a little bit better. And so this is going to require me to hear people out, to love them, and to try not to see them black and white. Okay? It's going to take me a little bit to wake up and say, hey, I'm going to be happy today. Even though life is throwing this at me, I choose happiness. Although choosing doubt and choosing all the things of this world is easy. I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to choose to have God's strength for me. I'm going to say, Lord, I need you and I'm walking with that joy. My head lifted to the hills because that's where my help comes from. But here's what's easy is not doing any of those things. Wake up. I just don't feel like it. I cannot put on a smile today. <sighs> my sister made me mad. I can't believe she did that again. I can't believe Becky said that. My goodness. My friends did this, and I'm just, I'm just in a bad mood. That's easy to do. And here's the thing. Each and every day of your life, there is going to be opportunity for you to pick up things from the world. And that's easy to pick up. All right, that's easy. But like I said, we can take peace knowing that God is with us. Amen? Let's keep reading. All right, verses 28 through 33. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, then command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on water, and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And this is what it says in verse 31. Bam. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I'm going to unpack a couple of key points in the scripture. So first off, classic Peter, right? All right? Like this, is, this is straight up a Peter thing. Listen, Peter, doubtful at times, temperamental. Peter, like, Peter's me a lot of times. Like short fused, ready to pop off, slow to listen, quick to speak. All right. And we talked a couple weeks ago how you got to be listen, slow to speak, quick to listen. All right. But we see a classic Peter right here. Like, hey, Jesus, if this is you, call me out on these waters. You know, hey, y'all watch this. Hey, John watches. I got him. Classic Peter. You know what I'm saying? And then we see classic Jesus, like, hey, come on with yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I would do. I'd be like, hey, let's go. Come on. But he said, Lord, if this is you, then command me. Command me. And I just think sometimes if, if Peter didn't doubt that this was Jesus, would he have even said anything to begin with? Like, hey, I know that's Jesus. Like, hey, like. I'm not even like in this situation, but like, hey, he says, if it is you, then command me out on these waters. So we see Peter with a little doubt right here. Like, oh, this ain't Jesus. Like, this is a ghost. It's crazy. But then Jesus says, hey, come on. Let's go. And then we see life. Okay. 
Like you're about to see your life right here spiritually. Okay? God called Peter. Hey, get off the boat. God calls us to something. Hey, I called you to do this. So we, we get out and we in faith go after it. Okay? Listen, I promise we're going to get somewhere tonight, all right? And then we're going to hang out. We're going to have a blast. We're going to hang out. I said hang out twice because that's how much we're going to hang out tonight, okay? Like it's going to be great, all right? I'm coming after Joel and Connect Four. He thinks he's good. I'm about to end it, all right? But we see life, okay? This is how life is going to be for you. Jesus calls us. We get out of the boat. We're walking. And here come the wind and the waves. Here it comes. Listen, it's inevitable. Wind and waves are going to happen. All right? Pain and suffering is going to present itself to you one day. All right? So we're going to see life, the wind and the waves. And when we are on that water, and when Peter's on that water, and what was it that made Peter begin to sink is when he started taking his focus off of the reason why he even started walking to begin with. Come on now, somebody. That's why Peter began to sink. It's because God called him out and his focus took a different direction. His focus no longer was on the person who called him to begin with, but his focus started drifting to the waves and to the winds that was surrounding him. But we see in scripture that as long as Peter had his focus on Jesus, what was he doing? Hey, he's walking on water. But in life, like I said, this is life. We walk tall, all right, sometimes. Like, hey, life is good. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is great. I'm having a blast. Things are awesome. And then, like, our focus, like, hey, like, I need to be looking this way, okay? God called me, all right? Giving my life to Christ for the first time. He called me. He's now my king. And I start, you know, searching after him a little bit more, reading his word, worshiping him. And I feel a little tug on my heart to kind of serve in the area wherever God's called me to do. So I know this is God calling me. So I begin to walk and I begin to focus on the things God has called me to do. He's calling us to be a better person. He's calling us to be a good neighbor. He's calling us to be someone who presents hope to people who are hopeless. And we begin to walk and we focus on him. But sometimes we get in a good place in our life that we start to lose our focus because of how easy things are right now. And once we start looking away from Jesus is when we start to sink. Just like Peter. Okay. We become afraid because our focus is no longer on the source, but our focus is on the source of our fear and the source of our sin, so we become, we begin to sink. We start looking away from Jesus. We start focusing on our selfish desires. We start focusing on our sin. We start focusing on me, 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 that we lose focus on why God even called us out of the boat to begin with. Come on. We lose focus. 
and you start thinking, why am I even out of the boat when the boat was the safest place for me to be technically? Now I'm on the water and now I'm sinking. I don't even know how I got here. And we get to that place because we lose our focus and we turn away from Jesus. We turn away from the cross. We stop focusing on the cross. We stop focusing on the source and we start focusing on the things that we think we need the most. Out of here. Now I am sinking and now I am about to die. That's what it feels like. Now chaos is around me like a hurricane. The winds and the waves are so loud that I can't even hear God. Because that's how loud the waves are crashing around me and that's how loud the wind is. And here's what I've realized this week. That whenever I'm in this moment... Whenever I'm sinking because I looked at the wind and the waves and I was focusing on my sin and I was focusing on like what I want. I look at God and I ask him, why am I sinking? Because he's the one that called me out on the water. Why? God, why am I sinking when I'm in your will? You called me out of the boat. I came out of the boat. And now I'm sinking. And we want to blame God so much on why we start to sink when in reality it's our own reason. Like, God, why did you put me in this situation when, hey, you put yourself there? Your own selfishness got you there. Your own sin got you there. So we begin to sink and we say, why, when you are the reason why I'm even out on these waters to begin with? But it's our own doing causes us to sink and here's what's so beautiful young person is that we're seeing life right now but in the flip of a switch we're about to see redemption and grace and how God is Peter cries out like we just read in scripture Lord save me I'm in a mess I can't get out I'm starting to sink my focus is shifted off of you onto the winds, into the waves, and I'm drowning. I'm drowning in the situation I got myself in. Save me. Where are you? I felt that so many times. Lord, where are you? Why am I going through this? Why am I going through these situations? Lord, you called me. I answered, and now look at me. I've said this to God many, many times in my life, but this week, y'all, I realized that it wasn't God who caused me to sink. It was me. But we're about to see beauty. He cries out, save me. And Jesus immediately reaches down. But here's the thing. When we are in the midst of the storm, all right, when we are sinking, that immediately can feel like a lifetime. Imagine when you started learning to swim, all right? Like me, for example, there's a story. I, I couldn't swim. I was like, I think I can swim today. First off, I'm like, Michael, why are you thinking that? Like, you don't just randomly say, I can swim and do it. No. All right? This is deep into the pool. All right, my uncle was over there. He was catching us. I'm going to jump in, 
when he wasn't looking, and I like straight to the bottom, panicking. Like it took him two seconds to reach me up out of that water, but to me it felt like I was down for three minutes. Come on, we're going somewhere. How many times does it feel like that in your life spiritually? Jesus immediately saves us, but because of the storm and because of what we're going through, our, first off, our timing isn't God's timing to begin with. So what is immediately to Jesus can feel like it's been forever for us, but he saves us. And sometimes that feels like a lifetime. I've been going through this mess or this junk in my life for months now. God, where are you? I'm on the verge of turning away and going the other way to begin with because of all these things. And I thought you would be there, but where are you? Because I am drowning. I am sinking. And it's because of our fear and because of the chaos in our life that it feels like God is not near us sometimes. Amen? Because of this chaos, because of the winds and the waves and how that's all I can see in this moment, it feels like God is so far away from us. But in order for Jesus to pick Peter up, Jesus was side by side with him. Come on now. Jesus, listen, this is an example of your life. Jesus is not going to leave you. He isn't going to forsake you. And in order for him to, hey, physically say, hey, get up out of that water, Jesus had to be in arm's reach of him. Jesus, in this moment, young person, is in arm's reach of you. And it was Peter crying out to God saying, hey, Lord, save me. I need you. I'm at a place where I recognize the things I have done in my life. And in order for me to be saved, I got to cry out to God. I got to surrender to God. I got to say, hey, I've recognized this mess I've created in myself because I lost focus. Lord, save me me and because Jesus is close to you because Jesus is near to the brokenhearted he is in arms reach what the devil wants to tell you what the world wants to tell you is that Jesus is long gone in the moments when you're seeking but he's in arms reach he's there If it's okay, listen, I, I could be honest. Uh, Seth's going to play some music and we're going we're gonna to close this out. And if you haven't been focusing much, that's okay, I understand. But for the next three to five minutes, just let's dial in, please. Can we be honest? I'll be honest. I have felt this many times in my life. God, are you even there? Have you felt that? Have you said those words? Has that been the cry of your heart in moments? God, are you in there? Are you seeing what your people are going through? Are you here in the middle of my pain and my suffering? God, where are you? That's been the cry of my heart at times. Where are you at? I need you now more than ever. And it feels like you're so far gone. But we see God didn't let us drown. Although at times it feels like it, because you may have a prayer that goes unanswered. There may be something that you're praying hard for and it didn't happen. You may have lost something. Someone in your family may have passed away. You may have lost, you know, 
whatever it may be. You may have been given bad news. God, where are you? What you're believing for hasn't happened. You experience loss, but a young person, there, there, there's so much more. Is that even though life can be hard sometimes, and it will be, so much good comes when you follow Jesus. When you let God into your heart, when you serve him, his will for your life will be done. And sometimes that's hard to see because it doesn't feel like it. But it will be. Here's the thing. Here's good news. Eventually, the wind and waves stop. They, they're going to stop, y'all. Scripture shows that. Just like the disciples, when he got back into the boat, and how they saw how he commanded the winds and the waves, they began to worship. They came to worship him. Lord, you are so good. I want to tell you all something. Worship, if you, if you expect breakthrough in your life, how you get it going is when you worship. Hey, it's easy to worship when it's easy. To lift our hands, to sing, to surrender to God. To give our physical like declaration of like, Jesus, you are my king. This is why we do this. I surrender all to you. It's easy to do that when things are going good. But how are you going to worship when life is hard and when it beats you up? And if you're looking for a breakthrough, start there. Get your heart in a place with Jesus, with God. You feel like God isn't doing it for you? Hey, guess what? Remain faithful. Keep, faith, keep being faithful. Did he do it for you? Did he answer that prayer? Keep being faithful. This is what Romans 12, 12 says. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. And be constant in your prayer. Listen, when tribulation comes and when things are hard, Jesus is there. He's in arm's reach of you, just like scripture shows. Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for everything you have done for us. We love you, Father.